0: Hello and welcome back to the Cave Escape Podcast. I'm Ashton Goolsby And I'm Caleb Groves. And today we are trying something different. We are going to look at one of Plato's dialogues. And we are going to dialogue about it. <laughs> so, first, we've actually never done one of Plato's dialogue. Well, we've done well, actually yeah. many if you, Just on the yeah. if you look at my bookshelf. If you look at my bookshelf, we had a professor in college that made us do quite a bit of Plato's dialogues. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Which we, was awesome. Oh, yeah. They're pretty fun. Um, but we've never done one on here, so we picked a short one so mm-hmm. we could have time to talk about what even is a dialogue and how do they work, where do they come from, who did them, and all that stuff. But not too much. We mostly want to talk about the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I guess first off, a dialogue, unlike a monologue, which is a conversation between one person, which is a bit weird. <laughs> That's what I do in my car. A dialogue is a conversation between two people Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not really a dialogue Because he pulls in like three or four people Right, But usually it's two people going back and forth And every now and then they reference some other dude in the corner Who helps him out for a second Mm -hmm. But it's, it's written like a play script So you can read it and it just says Socrates That's his little blurb uh, ion. Well, I guess we should say the one we're doing is called the Ion. Yeah. Um, so that's the name of the person he's speaking to. So Ion will come in and speak a response and they just kind of go back and forth. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the gist. Did I miss anything?
1: Um, I don't think so. It's written. They're written by. Well, most of them are written by Plato. There are dialogues that are not yeah. written by Plato. Um. But all of Plato's dialogues are about Socrates, who is Plato's teacher. And so it's Socrates having conversations with various people or sometimes other students and basically, it's all, they also kind of all exemplify the Socratic method that Socrates mm. invented, which was just like, basically, he just asks them questions and gets them to come to conclusions and realize things that are true. Yeah. Because the story with Socrates was, he,
0: he didn't write anything down. So what yeah. we know of him is what Plato wrote down. So th- these are basically his class notes that we have.
1: Right. He's yeah. Like, he's like <laughs> writing
0: down. This is what my teacher did, and this is what the other guy said back. So we don't. Socrates didn't write anything down himself. Plato wrote it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stories. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You. You've looked at it more recently than me yeah. in your class, but um, Socrates was told he went to the Oracle in the city of Delphi. He was the Oracle of Apollo. Correct. Uh, that sounds right. And um, so he went in there. He asked, who, "Who's the wisest man in the world? I'm going to go study from him." And the oracle said, you're the smartest, you're the wisest person in the world. And he said, no, that's not true. I'm not the wisest person in the world. And I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going (laughs) to go and ask everybody else questions to prove how stupid I am. And when I find somebody who can answer my questions, I'm going to study from that person. So then he went around and just started asking questions of people. And the more he asked questions, the more he just came to the conclusion, dang it, I am the wisest person in the world. (laughs) (laughs) So these, these are supposedly not him trying to look smart, but him trying to find somebody who is smarter than him because he realized mm. if I'm the, if I'm the wisest person in the world, I have nothing left to aspire to. Right. I want to grow and I want to learn stuff. But if I'm the pinnacle of all there is,
1: then I'm stuck up here, alone by myself. <laughs> right. Cause he, well, he also said that true knowledge lies in knowing that you know nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I think Solomon would agree. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And there was even, we could look it up right now. There was one. There was a passage in here that just struck me as extremely humble, and like very in line with him believing that he didn't know anything and that he wasn't the wisest person in the world. Uh, it's on. Oh, well, it's on page twelve in mine, but that's probably not helpful. Uh, he says, "Because Ion says, I wish I very much wish that you would um, explain his meaning." For I love to hear you wise men talk. And Socrates says, Oh, that we were wise, Ion, and that you could truly call us so. But you rhapsodes and actors and the poets whose verses you sing are wise, whereas I am a common man who only speak the truth. Yeah. For consider what a very commonplace and trivial thing it is, which I have said, a thing which any man might say.
0: Yeah, I did like that. That, yeah. that caught me as well. It's like, he he comes in and I was like, Oh, Socrates is this wise. He's just this arrogant guy, which is what they thought, because they eventually like kill him. Because there's like he's polluting the youth's mind. He's, right. He's obnoxious. Get rid of him. But um, he, he's he's coming at it himself from this perspective of I just want to know what is true, which is what philosophy is. Right. It's a love of wisdom and a pursuit of truth. Mm-hmm. He's saying I just want to know what's what's true. So I'm questioning you just because I want to get to the bottom of why is this the way that it is. Um, which I guess we'll, we'll get into a second what they're debating. But yeah. Yeah, that that's kind of his attitude. As he comes in, it's just, I I I'm not trying to make myself look great. I just want to know what's actually going on here. You you you're wise. I'm I'm giving you a lot of credit. I'm not trying to discredit you. I just I want to know what's actually going on here. What what is truth? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I like that.
1: Well, should we kind of walk through maybe the story or the walk through the dialogue and kind of the train yeah, I guess of argument? Kind of explain. First off, what are they even talking about? I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, so, so Ion is a, is it called, is it pronounced Rhapsode? It is
0: Rhapsode. I looked it up. Awesome. In my brain, I was reading it as Rhapsody, and I kept singing Bohemian Rhapsody, and I was like, I need to make right. sure that's actually how you pronounce it. It's Rhapsode. Okay. Cool.
1: So That kind of makes sense. Yeah. So Rhapsode, which is sort of like a, somebody who recites poems, particularly epic poems. Mm-hmm. Um. So sort of, I guess sort of like a bard, except...
0: Well, actually, I looked it up, he's, Ion's supposed to have just come from actually uh, a, f- like a festival, like a contest for rhapsodes. Oh, and right. He's just been awarded a very high honor as being like the best of uh. the best. And so that's part of why at the end where he, um, that passage you just read, he's he's acknowledging, Socrates acknowledges to him, he goes, hey, I'm not dissing you at all. I think what you do is very noble and I love rhapsodes. I love poetry. Right. But I want to understand better what it is that you do, and yeah. what it means that you're a that you're a rhapsode. What what, it, what does that qualify you to to be an authority on and have opinions on?
1: Right. Yeah. Which is the kind of the point of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. So like it starts out with they're just kind of talking. Socrates says that he envies Ion's profession actually because he gets to dress in nice clothes and like hang out with poets all the time, which is yeah. awesome, and especially Homer. Like, he, like, knows Homer. Which I didn't realize. Is Homer, was Homer, like, actually alive during this time? Do we think, or, like, do we know, Apparently, or is that kind of, I mean, or is that, is it just from this that we get that? Because that struck me as, like, I I thought that Homer was I didn't considerably
0: before it, this. I couldn't tell if that was meaning he was, he knew Homer personally, or, like, he just
1: knew the author's work well enough. Well, it seemed to be that he was, like, the way that he phrased it was, like, he got to hang around poets... But maybe maybe he meant like spend time with poets, as in their poems. That's that's how I read it. Okay, that would make a little more sense.
0: That's why we're talking about this. (laughs) Well, one of the things I guess we should also preface this: what we're trying to replicate here is with two of us what what like a Socratic discussion kind of looks like. Yeah. So Socratic discussion is um, when we would read these in school. It's not. So the. New College Franklin, which is where we where we both went and mm-hmm. um, Max who we had on a few weeks ago it's Socratic discussion which is which is kind of really what we're trying to do I guess with the podcast in general is yeah you, you don't sit down and just read the book and then your professor gives you a bunch of points on the thing you memorize the mm-hmm. points you go home you take the test now you know you, what
1: this book says
0: yeah you read the book and then you sit down with your professor and the professor looks at you and goes okay, what does this say? Who wants to begin? And you kind of just say say observations from it or ask questions about what's being said. Mm-hmm. What you you come to it with, what do I know? What, I, do, what do I not know? And even by the end when you leave, what you came in thinking you knew could be changed once you get revealed what you don't know. Right, yeah. So it's just a bunch of people sitting down, asking questions of a text, other people answering, offering possible answers. But it, it's it's actually... Pretty much what they're doing here, which is they just pick a topic, and they go, "Let's what what is this thing in its essence?" And they just go back and forth because um, yeah, the Socrates was a a philosopher. Uh, philosophy um, comes from two Greek words. It's uh, philia and sophia. Mm-hmm. Uh, philia is one of their words for love, and sophia is wisdom. So it's a lover of wisdom. Yeah. So it's just this idea of I'm questioning things not to tear them apart, but to figure out what they are. Yeah,
1: and not necessarily to like show how much I know either because it's not like look at me I have no so much knowledge but it's I desire to have true knowledge so it includes like a humility because you have to be willing to say ah now I understand this thing better and I thought it was this but it's actually this based on what this other person explained and told me because they understood it better than me yeah and and now I benefit from it because I understand the knowledge better
0: yeah and once your pride comes into it is when you really start to get nowhere yeah. Because we had conversation before where somebody was trying to really prove how much they knew and that they... They were trying to prove in that particular instance I'm thinking of that they had done the reading for the day. <laughs> and as soon as you start trying Can't to that. prove that type of thing, first off, Mr. Spun will catch you. Yeah. Second thing is the conversation becomes about you instead of the thing you're discussing. Yeah. And so then you, you just lose the point of the conversation and it goes nowhere.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Ion is one of those people who does... Appeared to have a lot of pride, I think, because he says that he speaks Homer and has better ideas about Homer mm-hmm. than anybody on the planet. But
0: also, he's just been awarded
1: this. But he has just been awarded the like yeah, the greatest the title honor for yeah. episodes. So like, yes, but he also, I mean, if Socrates had been awarded that, he was, he was like, you're the wisest person. He's like, Psh, no, I'm not I'm gonna prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and Ion's like, yeah, I am. Um, and then. But then Socrates asks if his ability like extends to the other poets other than Homer. He's like, or can you just do Homer? He's like, nah, I just do Homer because he's the best. Yeah. And he's like, well, can't you, shouldn't you also be able to talk about inferior poets if you can talk about the superior poet?
0: And at first he's like, no, not necessarily. Right. But then he starts giving him examples of, you wouldn't say that this other person was proficient in their skill if they couldn't notice The good people and the bad people. Like a sculptor can talk about a good sculptor, but he can also talk about the bad sculptor and why he's bad. And he can articulate the difference between them. Mm -hmm. You, if you're really such a master of poetry, should be able to do the same thing with Homer. Homer, well, Grant is the best poet. You should be able to talk about him, but also talk about the lesser poets as well. Mm -hmm. But give me clear articulation of what makes Homer so great and what makes them so inferior. Right.
1: And he, and he, what he does is he tries to like, know he's like on these things where the poets talk about the same themes. because so all the poets like mostly talk about the same things like war and society and good men versus bad men, skilled, unskilled and the gods yeah. and things like that. And, and he says, they all talk about the same themes. And so if you can talk about which ones talk about those themes better than others, mm-hmm then you should be able to talk about the ones that talk about those themes worse. And then yep. he goes to example, he's like, if there's two people talking about math and one of them is speaking, mm-hmm. if there's a group of people, one of them is speaking better than all the others. Is there somebody who can identify and say, this person is speaking better than the others. And these people are speaking worse for these yep. reasons. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, who would it be? And he's like, it's the arithmetician. Um, And he's like, and so then he goes to like multiple examples of that where it's like, there should, if if you can identify and talk about this person is speaking well on this topic, then you also, because it's the same body of knowledge, have to be able to talk about this person is speaking poorly about this subject. Yeah. And then he was like, but then why do I fall asleep when I hear any other poets except for Homer? when Homer happens, and I wake up and I listen. Which I thought was a very funny... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the idea of that happening was funny. Which I think... I think that in general is a just an
0: observation. I'm pulling from it is education now tends to be more of a learn these things. These things are good. Fix these things. And especially, it, I think it's a tendency in a lot of Christian schools, teach kids Christian thinking and leave it at that and be like, okay, that's good. Don't worry about the bad people. There's bad people out there. We're not going to look at them. Just focus on the mm, Christian stuff. Interesting. But he, here, he's he's not afraid He's not afraid to look at something contrary to his belief, right, thinking that it's going to sway him from his belief. It could very well sway him from his belief, but only if it's true right so the reason, for example, I'm just thinking of like like in, in the classical education mm-hmm. tradition, we don't we don't just read I mean like for example, right now we're reading Plato who was a pagan mm-hmm. he's not Christian. why would we read him? But reading people like the ancient Greeks, but then even you get up to, we're really scared of the the Enlightenment people, Mm. which, I mean, sometimes with reason. Right. Like you read like No pun intended. (laughs) 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 I didn't even think about that when I said it. Um, But when you think of people like Freud or Nietzsche or Marx or whoever Mm. from around that time, a lot of what they're saying is not good. But we should read it a, so that we know what they're saying so that we can respond to it. Yeah. But also, just because they may have been immoral people doesn't mean that there was nothing to be gleaned from them. Usually, because um, this gets into an idea we talked about um, in our moral philosophy class in college a lot, the idea of evil being a deprivation of the good. Mm-hmm. So you see taking... Um. The, the the enemy uh, as Christians I mean like the devil can't he can't take and ma- he can't make a new thing for himself he can only take what God has already made and manipulate it yeah into evil so taking something like this book here which is not written from a Christian perspective mm-hmm. but there's still a lot of wisdom and truth I mean the methodology itself is is I would say a wise approach you're yeah. you're taking things and you're questioning them. To find out what they are, not mm-hmm. to, well, so I can take it and rip it to pieces and put it back together in a way that will suit me. You're doing it in a, in a way, in a, in a, like you were saying, on a humble way. You're coming to it. I, I just want to know what this is. I'm not interested in looking smart or using this to my advantage somehow. I just want to simply understand what are you talking about and what what do you do? Right. What does it mean?
1: And and it's not like, like like if if something is true. Then you can, like, figure out what that thing is because it is true and Mm -hmm. it does exist regardless of what you believe about the world. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's still, it's accessible to everyone with a rational mind. And so you don't have to be a Christian to attain truth or to gain an understanding of true things. You don't even have to be a Christian to get, like, a true perspective on some truths. Obviously, there are some truths that you you can't have a true perspective on without Christianity. But I would say there's probably a lot that you can have a completely accurate and good true understanding of without God or Christianity just because they're just truths of the universe. That's part of why I
0: love reading various myths from different cultures so much. Yeah. It's because, I mean, I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound very pantheistic, (laughs) but it's not going to be in the end. Uh, this is one of the things that frustrates me with like the king of england is looking at he's he's all about like we we want to embrace all of religions and they're all equally valid i don't i don't believe that but if you look i I think that every religion in the world and all of the ancient myths and things are trying to get at the truth of what why are we here what is creation where do we come from Mm -hmm. what's what's controlling everything why does everything work so in that sense all religions, including Christianity, are myths. Yep. The difference is Christianity is the only one that is actually true. So we use the term myth to be like, oh, it's not true, it's a lie. Right. A myth is just a story about the origin of something. So the Bible is a myth. But out of all the thousands and thousands of myths, it's the only one that's actually true. But that doesn't mean the other ones don't get it right occasionally by accident. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, if you look at all these ancient myths, there's themes in them like a cre- creation and man is made in the image of God. Yeah. A lot of them have some type of flood account that comes in. Yep. But they all also have this idea of man is bad, that gods recognize man is bad, but somehow somebody to save man at some point has to die like Prometheus. Yeah. Prometheus makes man, gives them fire, gives them life. And then it's punished for it, but then they get to live, right? So you have I, like that's a very basic one, but you see things like that. That's a very basic one, but you see things like that kind of coming up again. So I guess to, to tie it back to Ion, there's even though Socrates and Plato and all these people they're not Christians, that there's still truth in what he's saying. I mean, the idea of yeah picking apart what what does Ion know? What is he then capable of doing? Is he actually good at his job? If he's not able to talk to the good and the bad artists within his right, group, yeah. So we can, we're we're learning things from him, even though he's not coming at it from a Christian perspective. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So Socrates says, in all discussions in which the subject is the same and many men are speaking, will not he who knows the good know the bad speaker also? For he does not know the bad. For for if he does not know the bad, neither will he know the good when the same topic is being discussed. And so then he gets Ion to admit that the good speaker would also know the inferior speakers to be inferior. And then Socrates says, then my dear friend, can I be mistaken in saying that Ion is equally skilled in Homer and in the other poets since he himself acknowledges that the same person will be a good judge of all those who speak of the same things. And that almost all poets do speak of the same things. And that's when he says that he falls asleep to any other poet (laughs) except for Homer. Um, and then basically, I think Socrates at that point basically just says, well, that's because you are good at Homer because you're inspired and not because you actually have yeah. any knowledge or art of Homer. Like, you're not actually good at Homer. You're just inspired by the muses to talk about yeah, Homer. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have any skill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought that was really funny when he finally gets there and I was like, oh, you're not actually good at your job. Or, or, or I guess he keeps right. a job. It's like, you're you're not necessarily a good poet or a good rhapsode. You You just... You just really
1: like Homer. <laughs> yeah, right. But he literally says, no one can fail to see that you speak of Homer without any art or knowledge. <laughs> Slap him in the face. If you were able to speak of him by rules of art, you would have been able to speak of all other poets, for poetry is a whole. I thought that part was super interesting. Yeah. Um, that, for some reason, stood out to me. And so then he goes on to talk about, like, bodies of knowledge and arts. Mm. And... um. But what did you think about... What he said there about poetry being a whole. I kinda wanted to talk about that a little bit. What do you think that means? Well, I mean I think there there's other poets besides Homer.
0: So he he's saying rather than just speaking to one poet, I mean it's it's true to understand to understand the thing as a whole, you have to you have to know more than just one person. Yeah. I mean it's like um oh I guess were you at the the collegium lecture um, I think it was was it Russ Ramsey that came and talked about um Caravaggio.
1: Oh, I was not there.
0: You were not there for that. No. One thing he said, and he actually he actually came and did it again last year at TC, uh, TCA. Oh, and really? I, I got to go see it there. But that's um, cool. He he talked both times. He began with he said, "My art teacher in in high school told me pick." Pick an artist to just study and just love all of your life. And then that artist is going to introduce you to their friends. Hmm. And that will help you have an appreciation and a love for art. So I'm I'm just thinking that's, that doesn't seem to be what Ion is doing. Mm-hmm. Ion's just like, I love Homer and I only care about Homer and I ever, only ever read Homer. But the idea of somebody who's actually good at the thing and has an understanding of it, is somebody who they may begin with one specific person, mm-hmm. but then from there they spread out and they grow and they learn about all the others surrounding them. But out of a, a desire to understand their own specific love in there better, so it's right. something that pulls you in initially, but it seems like I, I, it seems like Socrates is right. Ion's just infatuated with Homer himself. It's mm-hmm. maybe like a oh roadie for Homer. <laughs> it's, <Yeah>. just, <laughs> it's just infatuated with Homer and is inspired to do Homer, but doesn't necessarily care about poetry itself. He just likes Homer. Because mm-hmm. if he if he liked poetry, even if Homer was his favorite, I feel like he would, Socrates is right, he would go out and look at others as well. Right. And Do you have anything else
1: to say? I, I, I definitely, I took it to mean I didn't really think about it in that way as much, as much as I thought of it as like, Which, I mean, I didn't think about it too much. But it made me think of, like, all of poetry being one. Hmm. Which, I think, kind of, like, put me back to the idea of all poetry, like, should be true. Okay. And, like, if poetry isn't true, then it's not good poetry. Hmm. I think. Uh, where specifically did you get that? Just from... I would No, this, this is just me rambling in my brain rabbit trails oh, off okay. of poetry as a whole. Like, that's, that's what it made me think of. Less of, like, you have to understand multiple people to be able to actually understand what poetry is. You can't just study one person. But mm-hmm. rather... Like, all poetry comes from the same place. And... I mean, obviously, you can have like poetry about things that isn't true, that aren't true, mm-hmm. um, in various ways. But
0: where, where would you say poetry comes from ultimately? Or sorry, were you going somewhere else
1: with that? kind of? I'm I'm still figuring out what I think art is, and this <laughs> kind of falls into that category. Well, um, we're,
0: we're working on <laughs> getting to that at some point. Oh yeah, that's
1: true. But I have in my head like kind of a working. Definition, not really, it's not really a full definition, but the idea that art, which would include poetry, is like essentially a recreation or a resounding of God's creation. Yeah. So art is you look at God's creation and then you're basically just kind of re-restating it and kind of creating your own creation based off of God's. And you're like putting it in a new light, or you're using it to make something else, but it's never you're never creating something new and original,
0: yeah, and not to tie everything back to Tolkien, but that's part of why I love Tolkien is because he's very open about that's what he's doing. right. So if you ever go read sub creators, yeah, like if you go read his essay on fairy stories, he talks about the idea of you're you're basically you are creating in a sense like God created mm-hmm. but to a lesser extent because we can't create out of nothing we can only create we can only create what he has already put in us to create we can only use what he's made yeah and so and for instance like reading the silmarillion Tolkien's not actually really creating his own world he's more of creating what would this world look like at it if the if the beginning were slightly different Right. But as you go through it, you're seeing like Genesis essentially retold. Yeah. Because ultimately, as a strong Roman Catholic, his theology is coming out when he writes. And that was one thing um, my, my creative writing professor, Jonathan Rogers, told us. He said, don't be concerned about writing something clever or unique. Write what is true, and you'll find that you've written something original. Yeah, I remember that. And put yourself inside of it as that well. That good. So it's that idea of good poetry is just restating something true and beautiful about God's creation. Yeah. But the minute we try to take ownership of it's mine and I made it, I made it up. Well that's when it becomes bad, which is my squabble with modern art is mm-hmm. it's it's all about me and my self-expression. I'm like yourself And originality. Yeah. What what makes art beautiful is it's restating something that's been said before. Yeah. But with a twist on it.
1: We see it in a new way, but it's still a true twist. Yeah, yeah. It, you can't be. It can't be like a twist to, like, make it false or yeah. make it not in line with God's creation, because then, that defeats the point. Yeah, it's it's twist more like you would
0: look out a window, on a really beautiful valley, mm-hmm. and then you step down, the wall to the next window and see it from a slightly different angle. Yeah, you're seeing the same thing, essentially the same way as it's been seen already. But you get to see it slightly different, and you now, understand, understand it in a new way, yeah. yeah, yeah, so the art doing that, showing us the same things again, but from different angles to help us see the whole, right, better. so that was
1: kind of what I thought with the poetry as a whole like if 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 you're good at poetry, it's all coming from the same place, and it's all about like God's creation, and so you should be able to if you are gifted with interpreting poetry, you should be able to interpret everybody's poetry because it's... I mean, it's kind of it's what Socrates is saying. It's all about the same things. He's like, they're all, all their themes are the same. You should be able to talk about all of them. Yeah. Um, And that was kind of more how I understood it. Hmm. Which is kind of... I guess that's in line with what you said. It's just kind of a different... Maybe like a broader category. Maybe. I don't know. Because like all the people... If you're going to understand the art of poetry, you have to study multiple poets because, but that's, but that's kind of like how you would get the art of poetry because you get enough perspectives on the truth to start getting a grasp for what the art is and how it portrays truth. I mean, it's like he goes through then next,
0: well, I think we already said he lists off different, different professions and says, you wouldn't say that, you have the knowledge of a charioteer just because you've read about the Iliad and people getting drugged behind chariots and driving chariots into war. You wouldn't say you're a charioteer because of that. And he goes, no. He said, well, you wouldn't say that a sculptor's a good sculptor because he studies one sculptor and nobody else. Right. You wouldn't say that this teacher's good because he only studied from one teacher and hasn't looked at the other thinkers. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, even even more than that, he was like, have you ever heard of a sculptor that could only talk about this one great sculptor and could not say anything about any other sculptors and he was like no and he goes to like five or six examples of that and then but then even like today
0: even like if you go into the workforce most people are going to look at which is a thing that people in their early 20s run into (laughs) as we can attest yep you go out to get a job and you go somewhere and we're, we're led to believe all through high school, yeah, you go through, you get your degree in college, and you go, and as soon as you're like licensed from this college the, saying you know these things, they'll just give you a job. <laughs> you show up, and they go, okay, what experience do you have? Right. It's not enough to say, I went to, well, I went to college, and I studied it. They're like, uh-huh. What, what else have you studied? Mm-hmm. And a lot of jobs list so many years' worth of experience doing the thing. Because they want to make sure that it's not just, I just went here and I read a textbook and now I know. Because people are realizing, to go back to what I was saying a minute ago, that kind of education is almost worthless. Not completely. But just going and studying from one person who wrote a bunch of bullet points out for you to memorize and put on a test Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you know the thing. The person who knows it is the person who possibly has that knowledge from that. But has just gone out and done it in different environments. Because now he's seen it from different perspectives. Right. He's grown through the process from the bottom up, way at least a little bit. But he's also possibly worked at different places with different people and learned different sides of the business. Right. Or whatever he's trying to do. Yeah. That makes him more knowledgeable, and in the eyes of that company, he's more valuable because he can do more things. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think he's I think he's right. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately for us did <laughs> ever try to go get jobs somewhere else <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> but after he does that um and he proves that like all these other experts can talk about the good and the bad and then i honest like but i speak but i know i'm i'm conscious of myself and i speak better about homer than anybody else does and the whole world agrees with me so how does that and yeah. like but i also can't talk about inferior poets so what does that mean? And he basically just kind of asks. He's like, "Can you explain this to me? Because now I'm confused." <laughs> uh, and then Socrates goes into like pulling out examples from Homer. Oh yeah, I yeah. think it's like the next that. part of that. Oh yeah. Oh well, first before that, he goes into the discussion of the muse, and he says that all poets, all good poets, write their good poetry because they're inspired from the muse, and they get oh. th- and they all tell us that he says, like they tell us the muse. Came to me and I wrote this poem basically, and that's how how both
0: of Homer's poems begin. Exactly, yeah. to me, Muse of the anger of Achilles, is the Iliad, and then the Odyssey. Tell me, Muse of the man of many ways. Right, (laughs) he's calling upon the
1: muse who's inspiring him to Mm -hmm. begin the thing. And so he basically, he was like, and so he goes through and he talks about that for a little bit, and he references a poet. Who apparently was trash, except for one really, really famous poem that he wrote. And he was like, and that's how this guy was able to write this one really good poem because he was inspired by the muse. And other than that, he just kind of sucked at poetry. And uh, there was also there was also a really cool thing. It was one um, hit wonder, right? Yeah. Well, okay. I'll get to that in a second. But then he compared he compared it to magnets. And he was like, "There's like, if you have like a magnet, you can stick an iron ring on it, and then the magnet." gives that ring the power to attract other mm-hmm. rings yeah. and you can have like a whole chain of rings that are just stuck to each other because of the magnet giving them all like inspiring them yeah, with yeah, the yeah, ability yeah. to attract. Yeah, I, l- I like that example. Yeah. It was really interesting. And so then he was like, and so basically his point is Ion is like secondarily inspired by the muse that inspired Homer. So the muse inspired Homer to write the poetry and then Ion is being inspired through Homer's poetry to recite it well and be able to talk about it and interpret it well. Okay, see, I was I was a little confused on what he was
0: exactly saying there. Yeah, it was also it kind of that I was tired when I read it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, he kind of doesn't state it until a little bit after the magnet discussion, too. Okay, okay. So, like, he makes he makes that point of like, and then you can do this chain of magnets, uh, but then and so he says that poems are therefore works of God. And not man, basically, and that God speaks to his people through poets was this not the lesson which the God intended to teach when the when by the mouth of the worst poets he sang the best of songs, which I thought was very cool because that's like one of the basic Bible lessons you learn in Sunday school as a kid <laughs> like that's like God uses weak people to do great things mm-hmm. um, so that was very cool uh then. And then he goes, "Are you in your right mind when you're reciting poetry?" <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny because
0: I was sitting in there. and Jeremiah was at the table mm-hmm. last night, just working. I was sitting on the couch, and I just read that, and I started laughing to myself. <laughs> and I was like,
1: "I laughed I multiple looked, times reading this dialogue. I, like, I probably looked
0: like an idiot reading." I was like, "I probably looked like an idiot reading Plato's dialogue, just sitting here, just chuckling to myself." Right? I
1: was like, just like quietly, I was like, "This probably looks so weird." <laughs>
0: But even Plato can be funny sometimes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but then, but Ion is like, well, or like, he, I think he asks him, he's like, Do you like, are you like affected by the poetry you're reciting? And I like, Yeah, at the sad parts, I cry. And when I'm speaking of horrors, then my hair raises and I like, my heart throbs. And and then he also points out, and he's like, Would you say that somebody's in their right mind if they have like very nice clothes and, they have like a golden crown. Nobody's robbed them of this crown and they're doing everything they want and they're like crying and they look like they're really sad. And he was like, well, that doesn't really sound like somebody in the right mind. And then he's like, and you've also, have you not seen this, like you've given this effect to spectators? Like the people that are listening to it yeah. recite the poems cry and yeah. their hair raises and their heart throbs as he's reciting it. And so he's like, they're also a part of the chain. He's like, the spectator is the last ring, in the chain of, of of magnet rings. Yeah, I did. I did like that. And so the the poet or the rhapsode, and the like any of the instrumentalists or dancers or like performers of anything like that are all like intermediate links. And then the spectator is the last, final link, late link. Um, yeah. That's getting that that's receiving the inspiration from the muse. Yeah, I thought that was a good
0: point. Because when he said that, he was like, you're inspired, you're inspired through Homer, but then the audience is inspired further through your presentation of Homer's work. Mm -hmm. So the way in which he was like, there's something going on here, which you're not quite yourself when you're doing it. Yeah. There's something kind of further that you're going to. It's not just about you or the poetry itself.
1: It's, It's something else that it's getting at that affects you in a way. Right, yeah. And so he says, you praise Homer, not by art, but by divine inspiration. And then they go into pulling the passages from Homer. Cause Ion then is like, but there's nothing. He says, there's nothing in Homer of which he has no knowledge. Like he knows everything. He has all the knowledge that's in Homer. And then he's like, well, what about chariots? There's a passage in there where he's like, he's like, tell me this passage of when I forget who it was. Uh, Nestor was telling, uh, I think Antilochus how to ride a chariot and win the race. And he's like, oh, do yeah. this with the horses and then let this one go over so then the wheel will come up and you won't hit the rock and you'll go over it. And he was like, are you or a charioteer better equipped to talk about that passage? And he said, well, a charioteer. And then he just goes through like six, seven examples almost of like, well, you were a medicine person or like a, you were a prophet or oh, you yeah, were somebody yeah. else and you were a seamstress. And then he's like, it's all these other people. And he's like, so, and then that was when he goes and he proves basically that each art has its own body of knowledge that is distinct from other arts. The art of a charioteer has knowledge that is distinct from the art of a rhapsode or the art of, like, a medicine... I keep want to say medicine man, but that's not what they had. It's not really what it was in Greece. <laughs> You're thinking of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Yes. <laughs> um, but, and so then he, like, has... he Like, they agree on that distinction. And so then there are things in Homer which don't fall into Ion's body of knowledge. Mm -hmm. So he can't know everything that's in Homer.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. That was, that was a really good point when he points that out. He was like, you don't even know everything about Homer. (laughs) There's, there's things that you speak to in Homer that you really have no
1: knowledge of yourself. You're just saying stuff. Yeah. And then, and then Socrates is like, well, what would, what would a rhapsode know if they couldn't know the things from other arts? And yeah. Ion says, he will know what a man and what a woman ought to say and what a free man and what a slave ought to say and a ruler and what a subject. And then, and then Socrates goes and uses many examples of those people. And he was like in the part on the ship where the ship captain is yelling orders to his men. Would you or a, a a Navy guy be better equipped to talk about that? And he's like, well, a Navy guy. And then he goes through and he's like, what about a slave? He's like, no, I would be better equipped to talk about what a slave could say. He's like, what if he's a cowherd? And he's like yelling stuff to like make his cows do stuff. Would you or the <laughs> cowherd be, if the slave cowherd be better equipped? And he's like, eh, the cowherd. And then he goes, what about a general? He's like trying to inspire his men. Would you or a general be better? And he's like, I would be better. And he's like, but you're not a general. And then basically, I was like, no. Yeah. The art of a general and the art of a rhapsode are exactly the same, and the body of knowledge completely <laughs> overlaps. I, I laughed pretty hard at that point. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because then he, he tries to defend it for a minute. He's like, well, then why? He's like, well, then why has nobody in Athens or Sparta tried to make you a general? He goes, well, they don't know how good of a general I would be. And Socrates is just like, no. If you were such a good general, they would know and they would find right. you out and they would yeah. make you be a
1: general. Yeah. He's like they have foreign generals. <laughs> they don't only have Spartans as their generals necessarily. Because I like, think, then he point out they had like a specific, they almost had like a position for like, here is our like foreign general who's really good that we've pulled from somewhere else. Yeah, because Ions was like, Well, I'm just I'm just not interested in doing it, I'm too discreet.
0: And he's like, No, they would recruit you. <laughs> they would be trying to actively <laughs> yeah, recruit you. Yeah. <laughs> if you're as good as you say. But the fact that they're not trying to recruit you means that you must not really be a good general. Right. Because we all know that they would actually be trying to
1: get you yeah. if you were. And he and he says like So so whoever's a good rhapsode would be a good general. And he's like, Yes. He's like, So whoever a good general would be a good rhapsode? He's like, No. I laughed really hard at
0: that part. I said when we get to the when I get to the end of any Plato dialogue, I start reading the other person as extremely exasperated. Yeah. So when it got to that part, he just all of a sudden in my translation, I don't know about the one you have, it just says he says that and um I No,
1: that's not what I said. And I read yeah. it in the
0: most exasperated voice <laughs> ever.
1: Yeah, that's better. Mine just says, No, I do not say that. <laughs> And so then he's like, and are you the best general, Ion? He said, to be sure, Socrates. And Homer was my master. Uh, and then he, Homer and then, was a bad general. He was blind. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also thought, I kind of took Socrates as almost a little bit exasperated, too, because then he goes, but then, Ion, what in the name of goodness can be the reason why you, who are the best of all generals, as well as the best of the rhapsodes, go about as a rhapsode when you might be a general? <laughs> it's just like, what are you saying? Do you what, hear yourself? What career choices have you failed on? <laughs> <laughs> you could have been a general instead of reciting poetry. Yeah, but then I did want to talk about the end a little bit because I didn't, I didn't spend enough time on the end to try and like fully understand it. So yeah, so he talks about Sparta and how they have foreign generals, and he makes that point where I had to talk about that. Um, he says, but then he, but then he says, but indeed, Ion. If you are correct in saying that by art and knowledge you are able to praise Homer, so as as opposed to inspiration, you do not deal fairly with me, and after all your professions of knowing many glorious things about Homer and promises that you would exhibit them, you are only a deceiver, and and so far from exhibiting the art of which you are a master, will not, even after my repeated entreaties, explain to me the nature of it. "'You have literally as many forms as Proteus, "'and now you go all manner of ways, "'twisting and turning, "'and, like Proteus, "'become all manner of people at once, "'and at last slip away from me "'in the disguise of a general, "'in order that you may escape "'exhibiting your Homeric lore. "'And if you have, and if you have art, "'then, as I was saying, "'in falsifying your promise "'that you would exhibit Homer, "'you are not dealing fairly with me. "'But if, as I believe, "'you have no art, "'but speak all these beautiful words "'about Homer unconsciously, "'under his inspiring influence, "'then I acquit you of dishonesty, and shall only say that you are inspired. Which do you prefer to be thought dishonest or inspired? And yeah. I was like, well, I'd, I'd rather be inspired because that's dishonesty's not good. Well, that's what Ion says. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no. That's what that's what I said. Oh, I think that's, you, what you, I, that's what you would say. That. No, oh, I said Ion, which I guess could be I. This is a confusing name. <laughs> yeah, no, Ion says that he says there's a great difference between the two alternatives, and inspiration is by far the nobler. And it's like, it's like, okay, cool. Then I'll think of you as inspired instead of being dishonest to me. But I was confused about like how he got there and also why he seemed to be saying, I've asked you multiple times to exhibit your knowledge of Homer and you just kind of keep not doing it. Because I didn't catch him asking that. He asked him other things. It was like, I want to hear about your knowledge of Homer later. So that was confusing to me. Unless I miss, I'm, I'm probably missing something.
0: I don't think he ever... Well, no, he did because they went back and forth on quotes from Homer. He did ask him at one point and Ion gave him a quote from Homer. And he was like, okay. And then he came back to him with a couple more quotes and he talked with Ion on those quotes. So I think there were three quotes in all from Homer that they did. I don't know how they're set in yours. Mm-hmm. Mine were kind of um, like offset. Yeah. Like same type. But I, so I think he, they did dialogue a little bit on Homer itself. But then he very quickly went to uh, you can't really understand what you're talking about, because that's what he's establishing with the, all the talking about the different kinds of authorities, like the general and the sculptor. Mm-hmm. He's basically just saying, I, "I don't." You can't really be telling me truthfully things because you can't know like the person actually doing the stuff. You don't know other poets. You don't actually know poetry. So he said either the options are, if I've concluded now that you don't understand poetry, you don't understand the topics themselves like the people who would actually do them in real life, Mm -hmm. you are either lying to me intentionally or you've been inspired by some other means to give me this poetry. That was how I read it. Okay. So he's saying that either you're intentionally lying to me or you've been divinely inspired by the muses. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just looks at him and goes, well, I mean, it's better to say the Muses expi- and expired. Expired. <laughs> the Muses inspired me than it is to say that I was lying to you the whole time. Because nobody ever wants to go, yes, I was lying to you. <laughs> right? So it's like, yeah. rather than admitting I was lying to you, because he, he's he's not. He wouldn't have started this whole conversation even to himself saying, Haha, I'm lying to him. Yeah, He thought he was actually giving true stuff. So he was saying, well, the nobler of these two options is clearly to be inspired and socrates says okay then that's what that's what i'll save you you're in, you're inspired
1: mm-hmm. and that's just kind of where they leave it so is he saying that he's lying and being dishonest about the fact that he can talk about all the things i think that's that's part of yeah because like, the main thing i was confused about was what he was being dishonest about that's what i that's what well i think the original question was
0: was he a good poet if he couldn't speak to all other poets as well Oh. So, I think they're going back now to the beginning and saying, so clearly we've established you can't be a good, I guess, rhapsode, not necessarily poet himself. Yeah. You're not a good rhapsode because you can't speak to all the poets themselves. You can just speak to Homer. So, either as
1: a rhapsode, you're just a liar and you're just deceiving me, or like saying, I can't talk about these other things, well, or you, lying saying, you I can talk about Homer, about everything.
0: I I think I think the latter one more. Okay. That makes e- sense. Yeah. Either you're not really as good as you say you are and you're just putting up a show to mm-hmm. try to look look cool. Yeah. Or you're just you're just divinely inspired and this is just all you can do cuz that's all you've been inspired that to do. That makes sense. Okay. And yeah, he I got it. Well, I would rather
1: the latter. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: Well, I think that brings us to the end of our time for today. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um so so this was uh this was a uh Chance to look at one of Plato's dialogues, but also just a chance to, I think we talked about Socratic discussion way, way back. Oh but kind yeah. Of, kind of a chance
1: to actually like do some of it, but using the great man himself mm-hmm. to explain. I mean, we've kind of also have done this in the past a little bit. Like we did the, I feel like yeah. we did Socratic discussion with uh, Nicene Creed, kind of. That is true. We just kind of read it and asked questions and talked about it. I don't think we stated
0: explicitly that's what we were doing. though. Yeah.
1: Well, that's because it's, I don't know if it needs to be stated. It's, like, it's not like we're going to intentionally do this method. This is just like how right, we learn stuff. Well, that was fun. It was
0: fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that. this was a lot of fun. Um, so hopefully, I, I've I've fallen behind the past couple of weeks in updating the blog, but hopefully, I'll throw it out one more time. <laughs> I, I should hopefully update the blog <laughs> this week, Um, and then this will be out on the places it normally is. Um. So, our you can email us if you have questions. Uh, there's places I know at least on Spotify and YouTube to comment. I don't know much about Apple Podcasts, yeah. uh, but you can leave us comments there. We we can see those, and you can email us at uh, thegreatcavescape dot com. No, okay. nope, the right. cave At gmail dot com. At gmail dot com. Greatcavescape at gmail dot com. Okay,
1: wait. You said two things. Is it <laughs> the great or just great? We do this every time. It is
0: greatcavescape okay. at gmail.com. I keep getting the. Know the. Know the. I keep getting the URL for the blog and the other yeah. one. Just like mix. Right. So you can email us there if you have any questions. Um, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Yep. And so we'll update stuff there and you can get links wherever. Um, but as always, thank you for listening. And until next time, take care.